It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. we rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. And good evening, everyone. It is 6 p.m. And Pure Gold is live on the air for this Wednesday night, August 8th, 2012. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, your host for tonight, and on assignment is my tag team partner and co-host, as always, David Gomez. David may or not be calling in tonight, but folks, as always, the call number, if you want to be part of the show, ask questions, talk to our guest, it's 714-364-4721. Once again, that's 714-364-4721. Dave, like I said, is on assignment, and he may or may not be calling in. But, folks, we've got an action-packed show for you tonight. To kick off the show, we will have our the current and reigning WFAN fantasy phenom from year two, John Jastrzemski, talking about, you know, how his show has been so far, how, how the year has been, and what he likes and not, doesn't like so far about the show um, for WFAN. We'll go over some things about his life and hopefully get some PG information. We'll also be talking about some NFL this past weekend with some inductions to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I'll give you my take on Mr. Curtis Martin, who probably had the best speech of them all. We'll dive into a little bit of sad news with Andy Reid, give you my take on that. I did this past weekend go watch The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, folks, I am a weirdo. I have gone to see that movie three times, and I will give you my final take on the movie and how they could have better that franchise, that's for sure. I've talked to DG about this. I've talked to Hans about it. I've talked to almost anybody that wants to hear me about how good the show, how good the movie could be or the whole series could have been. We'll talk about the Mets. I mean, it's the dog days of August, and, you know, we'll talk about the Mets briefly because, let's face it, they are out of contention and so far of it, but we'll also focus on the other New York team, the New York Yankees, because they their lead has pretty much been cut in more than half now. They had a ten and a half game lead. It's down to four and a half now, so we'll hopefully get into that. We'll talk about some WWE this past Raw one thousand two I guess episode. They are still numbering it. And uh my take on that. We'll dive into some Olympics and all of that hopefully will be wrapped up in I don't know, this could be a pure gold extra, folks, because it might be just a half-an-hour show. Hopefully our guest does call in within the next minute or so, but let me just get into um, just unfortunate news when we heard this past week, last week, the unfortunate news of Andy Reid, pro football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, son passing away at the age of 29, and 
I, I gotta say, as a parent, to lose somebody at that young of an age is is devastating. I, I thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the Reed family. I just, um, you know, people are talking about if he should coach or not, but you know, honestly, everybody grieves differently. Um, if if this is Andy Reed's choice to coach this this first exhibition game. I, I think that he should do whatever he feels best for him and his family. We cannot judge him. Um, like I said, everyone does grieve differently, but, you know, tragic, tragic news. I mean, you really can't, as a parent, think of a, a more tragic news when you find out that your your son or daughter, and again, at the age of 29 only, and I think they're doing an autopsy on this, was uh, found dead in, I believe, his dorm room. So that is the unfortunate news, folks. Um, in the NFL lately, and um, from that, no no easy way to segue, but we're talking about NFL right now, so I, I have to say, too, that the Pro Football, I don't really watch the Pro Football Hall of Fame, honestly, but um, I did hear Curtis Martin's, and I am a Jeff fan, I did hear Curtis Martin's speech, and it was probably one of the most moving speeches that you could possibly you know, here, I mean, it wasn't scripted, it wasn't, it was right from the heart, and, um, you know, I, I just really enjoyed that, that Curtis Martin speech, uh, like I said, it wasn't scripted, it was, as a Jeff fan, it was extra special, but I think he did a good job, um, well, folks, we'll get back to that, again, 714-364-4721, and on the hotline, believe it or not, he is the current and reigning WFAN fantasy phenom, Welcome to the program, John Jastrzemski. John, how are you, sir? That's right. I like the sound of that. How's it going, my man? Good, good. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Can't complain. Busy day. Waking up around 1 o'clock after uh, doing the overnights, watching a little USA basketball, got to the gym, and now uh big game for the Yankees tonight in Sabathia. So that's, uh, that's going to be the story here on this Wednesday evening. Gotcha. Now, here on Pure Gold, we, we usually try to, I mean, our little stick here is uh, we try to interview the interviewer. So it's great to have you on because uh, we just want to get to know the person behind, you know, behind the, the, the microphone. So can you just tell us what got you into sports? What was your motivation? And how did this all come about into, like, joining the fantasy phenom? Well, I always loved sports since I was a little kid. I loved playing baseball, loved watching football, basketball, what have you. So yeah. when I went to college, I wanted to do a career, have a career, if you will, that allowed me to be involved talking about sports. That's why I worked on a bunch of radio stations up in Syracuse, was able to do some great things up there in my four years, did some basketball post games, did some football post games, did a show on the weekends talking sports for two and a half hours. So essentially I had a lot of experience as far as the radio world was concerned that I always wanted to get a job or an opportunity where I was able to showcase my talents. And fortunately, I guess I hit the jackpot by uh, winning that fantasy phenom contest, which gave me an opportunity to do it in the number one media market in the country. But I would have been willing to work anywhere to do a sports talk radio show. I was just lucky enough to get the opportunity now to do it in New York City. And I thought going into that contest, I had almost a leg up on a lot of people involved in the contest because – I've actually done this before. I felt very confident in my abilities. I felt if I got an opportunity to showcase what I was able to do, that I'd be able to do a very good job. And uh, so I guess the rest is history from that point. Gotcha. Now, it's, it's you know, and you'll attest to this, it's two different animals when you're doing a show by yourself or with a co-host. Now, you used to do a show, I believe, in Syracuse, Syracuse 
uh, with a co-host. Do you do you have a preference between doing a show solo or just doing it with a co-host? Wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> how about this? It varies from time to time. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> that's a good answer. Don't get me wrong. When you're doing a five-hour show, when there's not a lot going on, where it would be nice to have a co-host. But for me personally, after working, and I've worked with some great co-hosts over the years, don't get me wrong, but to me there's just something special about doing the show yourself. It's all on you. You're accountable for everything that goes on with that four- or five-hour block of radio. So for me, I enjoy working with a co-host. There are some dynamics about working with a co-host that I really like, but I do enjoy breaking down the degree with all the callers myself. I don't have to worry about bad banter, there's too much going on, yada, yada, yada. So since I've been doing a lot of shows by myself, and obviously since I've been at FAN, I have never done a show here with a co-host. So I've really enjoyed the aspect of solo radio. It's been a lot of fun. Now, I go to work pretty early in the morning, so I do catch you on the overnight, and uh, I, you know, you've been filling in. And I, I have to admit, and this is not kissing anyone's fan or not, but I think you've uh, really done a great job so far in terms of oh, just, you know. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you hear it a lot with your, your callers that you get, but you've really done a good job, and I, I, you know, before I let you go, obviously I don't want to let you go yet, but I do want to wish you much success, but I think you're on the right path, sir. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, listen, I think my product on the show speaks for itself. I mean, I appreciate the kind words. There's always going to be people in the business, so as many compliments as you may receive, there are going to be people out there that just aren't going to like you, and you can't take it personally. You can't be like, oh, this guy doesn't like me, so I'm going to change the way I do a show. I mean, as many compliments as you get, as much criticism as you may get, you just got to do your thing. You can't worry about that sort of stuff, and you got to just let it fly and see where it takes you. And I feel, listen, I'm a pretty self-confident. I have a lot of confidence in my abilities to do a show. I feel pretty confident when I get on the mic that I'm going to be entertaining, knowledgeable, let the callers have their peace. But at the end of the day, when you're accountable for the product, you got to make sure you have good accountability on both ends. So if you have a caller that goes out of their, their way to say something a bit asinine, you got to call them out for it. You can't just let them sit there and uh, have the floor. So that's what I do. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, certainly it's been fun doing a lot of these shows here over the summer because it's been very, very busy here over the last two months for me. That's good. And, folks, we're joined by the Fantasy Phenom Season 2 winner, John Jastrzemski, and I see my co-host is now on the mic, sir. David Gomez, John Jastrzemski, there's the introduction. Go ahead, ask your question. <laughs> hey, John, how are you? It's good to, good to talk to you. Normally, Joe and I do the show together, but uh, somehow, someway, I got roped into taking my family to the zoo today, so I'm actually uh, off-site with Pure Gold Exclusive. Now, John, I, I overheard, I overheard uh, Joe asking you, you know, what is it about the show? Let me ask you. You know, you've been doing the Fantasy Phenom now. I heard today uh, Mike was talking, and he said that they're down possibly to the five finalists, and he said that your year was coming up. But was that accurate? Because I thought you guys didn't start when you win the Fantasy Phenom. I thought you didn't start till the end of the year. I know they do the Bari celebration in a couple of weeks, but, I mean, when was it exactly that you started? Um, well, technically, if you want to get into semantics, I think my contract where I'm on once a week, guaranteed to have that Friday shift, if you will. I think that expired sometime in the end of September. So I don't know exactly what the exact logistics are, and I don't know what's going to happen here in the coming months, but I feel I've done a pretty good job. I hope that I'm able to keep being worked in, whether it's at FAN or some other radio outlet, 
throughout the right. United States of America. So I, I feel pretty good, <laughs> pretty good about the way things have gone here. Well, what's interesting is that uh, Mike actually asked his producer, I don't know if it was Ray Martell or Bruce Chernoff, who was on the fan with him at the time, he said, oh, how, how's, how's uh, John doing so far? Is he doing good? And they, they were like, yeah, but you, you kind of couldn't hear because it, it was, uh, I think the microphone was off. He's like, I'll turn the mic on. It's like, oh, so uh, what do you think we're going to keep him around? And they're like, oh, you know, there's a possibility, there's a possibility. So <laughs> I think they like you over there at WFA and John, which obviously you mentioned uh, possibly any other radio station, but, I mean, I'd have to think you'd prefer to stay there at the fan because it is the biggest, you know, in this whole area, everyone knows the fan, it's the biggest radio station around. Of course. I mean, to, to break down the nitty-gritty of my career, I mean, you never know where it's going to take you. I mean, if you would have told me a year ago I'd be hosting the show on 6.30 on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you you're absolutely out of your mind. But it's funny how <laughs> things can change in a hurry. And I wouldn't be opposed, let's put it this way, if there was a great market, I wouldn't want to go to Wichita, Kansas. But if there was right, a great right. opportunity somewhere else in the country, a beautiful place to live where the fans are passionate, where I think I could do a real kick-ass job, I would absolutely consider it, but I do love working at the fan. It's a great experience. It's the station I grew up listening to, so I'm certainly happy to be a part of the WFN family, if you know what I mean. Right. Now, John, who has taken you under under their wing, quote-unquote, and, like, who has been, like, a mentor to you so far at the studio? Wow. That's a, that's, you guys asked some good questions. I've got to give you guys some credit. I mean... <laughs> Personally, I always had a close relationship with Malusis because I interned at FAN going back a couple of years ago. I interned when I was in college back in 2009, and I worked with Moose doing the overnights, and Moose is a Syracuse guy, I'm a Syracuse guy, so we've always had a good back and forth. But in, in terms of mentor, I mean, I've probably done my own thing, let's put it that way. I, you know, I've had conversations <laughs> with Mike, I've had conversations with Benigno and Robert, Carton, Summers, what have you, but... As far as looking to what I want to do, I mean, I pick a little bit from everybody I listen to. And I think if you listen to my show, there are certain aspects that you you may say, wow, that sounds like so-and-so, that sounds like so-and-so. And I think that's the way you got to do it. If you, you try and brand yourself by taking, not copycatting, if you will, but working things that other hosts do well into your radio program. And I've heard whether it's something Moose does or something Steve does or something that you'll hear on another station. And that's what I try to do with my radio show. It's not maybe one specific guy, but everybody that I've talked to has really been very, very nice and very, very helpful at the station. Well, of course, that's, uh, that's always a plus. I know when we had Greg Sussman on last year, he mentioned to us, I believe, a joke, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he mention that Steve Summers was the guy that had taken him under his wing and it really helped him out yep. at the station? Yep, he yeah, so, I mean, that's definitely, a, you know, I guess the standard question that we had to ask because, of course, Joe and I both grew up listening to WFN, listening to Mike and the Dog. Uh, our influences, you know, those are two favorites. And, you know, Moose has been on the show. We're big fans of Moose. So, uh, you know, we talked to him. We talked to Evan. Joe Benigno, you know, I'm sure Joe goes to bed at like 4 in the afternoon, so he's probably not uh, not up <laughs> when we used to do our, our late night show. But, John, um, you mentioned other markets, and I kind of want to backtrack to that question because, we had Greg Giannotti on our show, and Greg used to be, uh, you know, working at the fan there. He produced and he's Mike, killing uh, it in Pittsburgh. Some... Let me tell you something. He's killing it out in Pittsburgh. Well, I, the reason I brought it up is because Pittsburgh, he talked to us and told us it seems to be a really good market. Now that the Pirates are, you know, they're, they're a bit out of it now, but they they were doing pretty well for quite a while. It's obviously mo- mostly a Steelers, Penguins town. Um, is that the kind of market that you're thinking about, a big town, maybe like a Pittsburgh? Because 
um, we had spoken to Adam the Bull, not on the air, but off the air, and Adam, he ended up out in Cleveland. You know, the guys, uh, it, it seems it seems that a lot of the slots here are locked up, so they do send people outside, but you're thinking of one of those types of markets? I mean, if that offer was presented to me, I'd certainly consider it. Let's put it that way. I mean, I, I don't, I, there's not like one city in mind where, it says, where I say, wow, I could see myself there, but you see Giannotti, you see Adam the Bull, they've done very well for themselves. They're doing their thing out in Pittsburgh, out in Cleveland. So, like I said, CBS Radio has got a lot of uh, a lot of big conversations. It's a great company, and if, uh, if the right opportunity came my way, I would certainly uh, consider it. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, let's backtrack, too, John, to the platform that got you here to uh, land a job. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Dave and I actually tried out this year as a duo, and unfortunately we didn't get uh, picked, but we – and trying to be as, as objective as possible, um, <laughs> yeah, we really – Yeah, I try to be very objective. I really thought that the, the setup last year and this year was the same. It felt like we were doing a stand-up comedy routine and not trying out for a radio station where we thought that maybe it might be even more conducive to, like, have you sit behind a microphone and take a fake caller or talk and interview a guest or something like that. Do you feel like the process is a good process, or can it be worked upon? It's one of those issues where it's going to be difficult, in my opinion, for the first two rounds. And I think the contest as a whole, it's a great contest. It's a great opportunity for a lot of guys out there who are trying to get a shot in this business. But it's very difficult to see in two minutes if you're going to be a big-time radio host or not. It's re- it really is. And that's why I think the finals with Francesa really, right. to me, is a great indicator for whether or not you can do this legitimately. And I think it's hard to tell in the first couple of rounds. It's, hard, it, it's just very difficult to do. You may be going to find one thing. Maybe there's something you like. Maybe there's something you don't like. That's just the way it's going to be. It's tough to do. But when you get on that show, you have, you're on national television, essentially. You're on Yes. You're on WFAN. You have to do your monologue. You have to interview someone. So you get to see the skills of that particular person as far as interviewing someone. And to me, it's just a lot more pressure. You know you're under the microscope, and you can tell if this person has it or they don't. Because if they go out there and they just simply spit the bit and they can't deliver the monologue and they're nervous, then to me I say to myself, okay, this person is nervous now. How are they going to be if we give them prime time on our radio station? You know what I mean? So that's why it it would be great if you could put 50 people on that show, but you can't. It's it's one of those issues where the first two rounds, maybe you see one thing, maybe you see two things. There's something that catches your eye. But if you get to that final stage and you know what you're doing, to me you really are able to distinguish yourself. Because you can watch all these videos. It's very difficult. Over two minutes. I mean, you could put the best radio host in the country, and you'd be like, wow, they're hard to pick from. It's almost like, okay, it's apples and oranges at this point. But when you get on that platform at Bar A, to me it's just a different animal, and you're really able to distinguish the men from the boys. That's a good, you know, it's interesting that, that Joe brings it up because uh, last week we did talk about it. We, we've talked about it in the past, of course, but um, – Again, you know, we weren't fans of the, the, the whole idea per se or the way that it's gone about. Obviously, you know, Al Dukes had mentioned to somebody that we spoke to that, you know, he can tell if somebody has it in the first 10 seconds. I personally find that hard to believe because, like you said, if two minutes is hard, how could it be the 10-second rule? But, you know, we, we spoke last year when we were online because we tried it last year as well. Uh, we spoke to a guy named Patty, and I'm sure you know Patty because Patty made it to the finals last year along with you. 
And, uh, you know, we thought Patty did great. He really performed well. I think he made it close to the finals or in the finals two years in a row. But when I actually heard him on WFN, because they gave the, the losing guys a little slot, I don't know if it was an hour or whatever the case is, but I remember hearing Patty. And um, I felt bad for the guy because he really seemed to, as the, the, the saying goes, spit the bit. He was umming a lot. He kind of paused. Uh, it seemed like he really was overwhelmed to overcome. He kind of, hold on a second, uh, wait, hold, you know, he was doing a lot of that, so it didn't seem like he really was comfortable. So, I mean, what do you think helped you to, to be able to win? Obviously, you think it's a, it's a good process because you won, but what do you think it was that, that you went in there with a the mentality to help you overcome and ultimately win the, win the contest where as someone like, again, and not to knock him, but Patty just really seemed to buckle under the pressure when he was in that spotlight? I'll tell you, my, my greatest asset, bottom line, experience. I have done this before. Like I said earlier, I mean, don't get me wrong, the contest was a great opportunity, but I had done this for years in Syracuse. I mean, I've done radio shows. I host a post game. I've done a ton of monologues. I've interviewed a ton of people. So for me, it was almost like, yes, it was an audition, don't get me wrong. There was a lot more pressure. Being on Bar A on my show last year was a far bigger audience, I'll tell you right now, than any post-game show I had in Syracuse, New York. However, I was ready <laughs> for it. Let's put it that way. I was given the opportunity, and I was ready for it. That's, I think, the biggest thing that I had going for me as far as auditioning for this type of contest is that I had done radio shows for a couple of years, whether it's on the college level, whether it's on a very low level in upstate New York, doesn't matter. It's still the process of talking in a microphone, dealing with an interview, ending up dealing with callers. It's just experience. And that's it's like anything else, fellas. The more you do something, the more comfortable you're going to be. It's like riding a bicycle. Right. Now give us the process that John Dostrzemski goes through when he has a show, let's say, for tonight. Do you, have you worked on a monologue yet? Are you thinking about a monologue? Oh, no, as no, the no, 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 absolutely not. I, know, I cannot. First of all, you've got to watch, the, well, for example, tonight. You figure Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants, possibly, whatever the big story may be. You never know what could happen in the next couple of hours. I mean, if you think you're going to go into a show a couple, four or five hours before with your monologue planned, you're absolutely out of your mind. Because think about it this way. I remember doing a show, maybe it was two or three weeks ago. You have the both locals playing, and I don't script my monologues. Uh, you know, I'll write a few bullet points here and there before I go in. I'll have an idea of what I'm going to talk about. But to me, if I ever tried to script the monologue, it would sound terrible. It would sound rehearsed. It would not sound natural. It's just not me. Now, I know that for Steve Summers, for example, who has all of these planned beautiful bits, and, and it's well scripted, and it's well thought out, and it's, it's, it's brilliant stuff, but that's Steve's style. That's his craft, if you will. He's able to get away with that because of the style of a radio show he's able to do. For me, I could never do that. I'm not Steve. I don't think anybody else is Steve. But for me, you do your show, you see what happens, you talk about it. For example, a couple weeks back, you both wake locals play on a Saturday, right? But it was the same night Jeremy Lynn, you found out that the Knicks were going to trade for Felton and Lynn was not going to be matched. So then right. it goes, whatever you're going to talk about at the start of the show. So sports is a it changes hour by hour. So to say what I know for sure I'm going to talk about at 2 a.m., I don't because who knows what's going to happen in the next couple hours. That's the great thing about this business. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. Uh, you, you bring that up because I remember when we first started our show, you know, almost uh, two years ago, when we started doing it, 
Joe typically would do his opening and kind of a little bit scripted more. And, you know, as time has gone on, we've gotten better and more comfortable. We would literally plan on everything to the point where now we have a rough outline of what we're going to talk about, and then we just kind of break it down. So I definitely get that. We just saw, I know, like when we first interviewed Moose, because that was one of our very first interviews, you know, we, we were asking him, we had asked Evan, we had asked people, and they were like, no, not really. Same, Basically the same as you, there, there's no planning that goes involved. And we were just like, wow, really? Because here we are planning everything and planning every minute of it. And uh, I see that people kind of like, uh, you know, yourself and, and other other hosts are just like, no, you know, just go with it and, and see what happens. So I find that Absolutely. I find it to be fascinating. It's got to that... be natural. I really do. And I think it will come across that way if you sound natural, if you sound relaxed. And if you let the moment, you let the sporting event come to you, and you break it down. Because essentially, when the, you look at this boomer science story with Tebow here. If I say that, that Tebow should be caught, or Carton says that, or Evan Roberts says that, it's not a big story. But because it's boomer science, NFL MVP, quarterback, what have you, it has more credence. But as a whole, you let the story come to you, you break it down, you talk about it, then you hit the phones, and away you go. It's beautiful stuff. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. Uh, John, let me ask you one more question. Um, if you, you're doing the show solo, could you ever imagine yourself with a co-host? Because I know now, again, after doing this show with Joe, I p- really prefer the fact that it's it's me and him. We're going back and forth. We can play off of each other. We can tell jokes. We can mess around as opposed to solo shows. Now, I used to go listening 8, 10, 12 hours direct, straight through WFAN, but now I'm at the point in my life where I can't do that anymore because I have so many other things going on. But I'd prefer to hear Mike and the Mad Dog as opposed to them separately. I'd prefer to hear Evan and Joe versus either of them in, uh, individually. Could you ever imagine yourself having a you know successful tag team, or are you thinking just Yastrzemski solo all the way? Oh, I could do a show either way. It, honestly, it wouldn't matter to me. And I, like I told you guys earlier, I've really enjoyed doing solo radio. But if I had great chemistry with a co-host, then we were really working well together. I can understand the audience perspective from that matter because when you have two guys talking, you have two different opinions. It's not just the host versus the callers, that whole dynamic. When you have two hosts, they'll agree on some things, they'll disagree on some things. I can understand that. And I certainly, let's put it this way, I wouldn't be opposed to working with a co-host. I could do either or. I'm I just enjoy doing radio to begin with, talking about sports, breaking down the big games, breaking down the big stories. I could do it solo. I could do it with co-hosts. I think two co-hosts would be a bit much, but I could right, do it right, right. solo. Let's put it that way. John, is it safe to say this is your dream job if you do land a permanent job at WFN? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's been a pretty awesome year. Let's put it that way. It's been a pretty awesome year. And to say at 24 years old that, I mean, it really hit me. Not even after winning the contest, not even after hitting doing your first couple of shows, but I did a Friday night show, I think, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks back, 6.30 at night. And I'm saying to myself, geez, it's 6.30, people are driving out of work, they just listened to the drive time show, and now I'm on prime real estate on this radio station. I said, that's pretty damn cool. I said, that is pretty damn cool. So, listen, I feel good about the way things have gone. I appreciate, you know, all the well wishes and all that sort of stuff. But uh, of essentially I'm just going to try to keep it on, keep it on, if you don't have me, fellas. Yeah, we definitely, definitely want to wish you a lot of luck and, and definitely appreciate you coming on the air. Give a special shout-out to the, I guess, the Rick Bonos for uh, getting us uh, together and having you on the show tonight. And definitely want to wish you much success. And, you know, hopefully down the road we can have you on again, sir. Fellas, any time, all right? Any time. Enjoy. Good luck to you, and we'll, uh, we'll chat again soon, all right? Thanks, John. All right, John. Take care. All righty. All right. Folks, that was the one and only John Jastrzemski. Not Carl Jastrzemski. John Jastrzemski. 
WFAN Fantasy Phenom number two. And, sir, as I walk around the zoo, um, I had mentioned this to you earlier, it seems like they're in the process of getting down to their final people. And possibly there's a duo involved, possibly there's a woman. That's what Mike was saying. So that would definitely be interesting, sir. I mean, I got to tell you, though, uh, Joe, I, I definitely prefer, and it's no knock on Greg, but I prefer John to Greg. I really do in terms of fantasy phenom, in terms of listening, in terms of hearing a show. I, I just feel like John has a better, almost like a better grasp. And the, the voice with Greg, again, nice guy, always kind of threw me off a little bit, that high-pitched thing. It's the same thing with Steve now. Steve is, is an all-time great, but I can't listen to him anymore. Now that he has the his voice has changed, I, I, I just can't, I can't do it, sir. I cannot do it. No, I totally agree with you, and I don't know if you heard the beginning of the interview, but I, that's the, one of the first things I told him was that, not to kiss anybody's fanny, but I thought that he's done a great job, and I didn't even use the word, I didn't even bring up Greg Sussman, but I thought he did, has done a great job, and I think he has a good voice for it, he has a good knack for it, so I, I think that he is going to be successful down the road, and um, we definitely appreciate him coming on the air. Of course, no, he definitely has a great voice, and again, it, it's, Greg was great, you know, he was great with us. I'd love to have Greg on again to talk some WWE now that the match are pretty much the you know, season's over. But right. honestly, I just think John has a has a better, more commanding radio voice. It's the same thing, you know, with like a Giannotti. Just some of these guys have have great voices. Some of them, you know, some of them don't, but they make it for whatever the case is. I mean, Chris Russo. Listen to Chris Russo. You know, he's got like a crazy high pitched squeal kind of thing. But the guy's a legend. The guy's one of the all time greats. Then you got Francesca with his deep baritone. Johnsonville about eating self, you know, he's got totally different chemistry and dynamic and that's pretty much where I would say if you listen to the two of us, I think we have good voices. I think I think we're obviously unbiased, but I think we're and we're doing a good job here almost two years in, sir. It's cool to have both of the fantasy phenom contestants on and uh, we'll see who wins this year. Maybe we'll get them on. Maybe. I mean I gotta, you are you are on assignment and uh can you just move away from the I'm wandering the zoo aimlessly, and I I don't know I don't see anybody around here. I just see some people walking by me. No idea like, where the family is. Yeah, you're probably like Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun when he's walking, walking, and at the end he says, "And where the hell was I? Where am I?" <laughs> oh, you mean where? <laughs> and where the hell am? He ends up in that uh, in that field stepping yeah, out yeah. crap. <laughs> see, the funny thing is, and I got to throw this out there. Um, before we first came into the zoo, there was a couple, and I see them. They're about a couple hundred feet away from me, so they can't hear me. They were the husband and the wife, and hopefully they'll go out here to the show one day, and they'll remember that it was me with the purple Batman shirt on. But the, the husband and wife are fighting about the no diapers for the kid. So my wife and I are listening, and we're like, uh, should we say something? You know, we have extra diapers. You know, they're about the same height. <laughs> and they're really going at it. She's giving them the business. But then when we offered, she's like, oh, no, no, thank you. We live, we live close. It's okay. And we must have thanked her like five or six times. She probably smacked her husband in the face when, when they walked away. But I just thought Jeez. it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, here we are trying to offer our, our services that we're in. We're, we're, you know, this guy's getting a stone cold stunner over there that I, that I can see. But uh, interesting happenings at the zoo, sir. But getting back to the uh, getting back to the fantasy phenom thing just for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is, I get, I kind of get, even though John said it would be his dream job, I kind of get the feeling that he really wouldn't mind being somewhere else. I, I feel like Greg, I feel like Greg felt like he had a home run, that this was it, this was his top of line. But I feel like John is more like, you know what, whatever comes my way, send me to anywhere as long as it's not Kansas. But I think, I think John may end up in a different market, sir. I have a feeling that he's probably not going to stay at the fans. And if he expresses that willingness to the, the company, they'll probably send him out of somewhere else if he won't end up 
staying at WFN, whereas Greg, not sure what his situation is, but I'm sure for him it, it would be the top, the top no, of the I line. Got, yeah. I, I definitely got that same feeling, too. I think, you know, being from the Syracuse area, um, I just think that he would be willing to do whatever it took, wherever it took, to, to land his dream job if it wasn't WFAN. Obviously, his number one choice would be WFAN. But, you know, we always talk about this. There's there's not that many time slots that you can actually have a permanent, you know, no, show. No, there definitely isn't. It's the same reason that you and I have discussed this off the air and even on the air last year with Laura, uh, last week with Laura, it's it's the same reason we would love to do serious. I mean, WFM would be amazing, obviously, because of the market. But we'd love to end up on, on a, a station uh, serious with all their variety of programming because that's what we are. We're a variety show. If you're coming here, if you're tuning in to listen to straight Mets talk or straight Yankees talk or straight sports radio, that's not what Pure Gold is all about. Pure Gold is all about the stuff that we like. Hell, we spent a month on, on The Dark Knight Rises. Why? Because we we love Batman and we love that kind of stuff. We love comic book movies. We love movies, you know? We have beauty contestants on. We have Miss USA 2009, 2010. Uh, you know, we've had all these different women. We had, uh, you know, former pro football players. And, you know, we have an up-and-coming Mets player. I mean, sir, this is truly anything and everything. We had the Road Dog, Jesse Gaines, the Beat, Beat, Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws. I mean, we had a Bright Lakes, Jared Foster. I mean, sir, the, the, amount, the amount of guests that we've had, I honestly cannot even – Compare. You look at that list. We had Anna Zelinsky, uh, you know, Anna Rodriguez. We've we've had everybody, sir. As the birds are pecking at my eyes, we've had everyone, and that's the type of show that we are. We'll do anything, everything, tell like it is, sir. You're right, and sir, I know you're on an assignment, so I, I just wanted. To, I, I I did an intro. I mentioned the hot topics for tonight. I mentioned a couple of things, like I, I gave my take on the NFL Hall of Fame. Curtis Martin's speech was was pure gold. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. Talked about Andy Reid. But everything else probably could wait till next week. I guess the biggest topic now going into tonight is is the Yankees. Are the Yankees choking? Are they collapsing? That's probably the biggest topic, but we could wait a week, and hopefully by next week we'll see that the Yankees are either in second place or at the very least tied for first place. <laughs> <laughs> of course, sir, I'm, I'm getting attacked over here by Wild. I don't know what the hell this is, a falcon, or par- the biggest parakeet I've ever seen in my life. Things about five feet tall. Um, but, yes, yeah, there definitely, I mean, all the topics that you, you mentioned we can – Absolutely, go over them next week. We can absolutely talk about them. I mean, you know, stuff will wait. Sir, I, I wish I had the the website in front of me. I'm telling you, I would have gone down a who's who, a veritable who's who of people that we've had on this program because we're truly, like I said, anything and everything we tell like it is. You know, you're doing a half a solo show. I hop in there. I did a couple weeks ago with Anna. You know, we're doing shows. That, sir, we are the masters of our own domain, and uh, I'm excited to see what Pure Gold can go in the future, you know. We both believe in this show. We believe that it has legs, and so we're going to make it happen into 2012, 2013, until we finally land on Sirius and eventually get our own channel. Well, the one thing I did mention, because it's your brainchild, is the fact that we've we've done poll, we're, we're putting poll questions back onto our website and on Twitter. So why don't you tell the audience tonight what the poll question was and and how the results are so far? Well, the poll question today was. Do you think the Mets are going to end up over 500? And with all the guests, see, basically we decided to go a little different route. At this point, I have quite a few Twitter followers. I'm over 400. And right. I put the poll question. I tagged people. I mentioned people. Try to get them involved in the whole situation. I had quite a few people respond. Most of them were yeses because they're not transit. They were excited about the whole thing, and they were excited to, yeah, let's go Mets, let's go Mets. 
Obviously, I voted no, but you folks can go, I'm sure go PG.com, where you can vote. There's there's five different choices. Yes, you got to believe. No, maybe, you know, possibly. There's another one, Matt. It's football season is starting. I mean, we really tell like it is. So if you folks want to get a chance on there, we're going to be discussing the poll questions every week, and we're going to be tweeting out to people. And if we get great responses, we'll read your, your tweet on the air, your handle, whatever the case is. We'll give you a pure gold shout-out. Oh, my gosh, I'm being attacked by horses now, sir. Well, the reason I'm going to vote and tell you on the air right now that I'm going to vote no way because – the way I feel like the Mets have been, especially since the second second season dive uh, since the All Star break, I feel like you know whenever they have a good uh, away stand, which they had a good road trip, you know, in California going six and five, they come back and they just lose to a team like Florida, who's totally out of it. Yep. So I just don't think they have enough pitching. They don't have enough hitting. Their bullpen really sucks. So I think that they oh. definitely finished below five hundred. I mean, eighty two, uh, eighty and eighty two is probably not going to even happen. I think that this team probably wins like. 77 games at this point. Well, probably somewhere in between your prediction and my prediction. That's pretty yep. much the midway point before the season started. But <laughs> if you look at the whole overall picture of the team, the Mets need a lot of help. Mike was right. They need an entirely new outfield. They need a new caster. Josh totally stinks. You can live with Daniel Murphy. I'm weekend because we're not in love with the guy, but you can live with him if you get some better fielders, you get some better hitters, you know. But you you got to revamp the entire outfield. Hopefully Kirk Nunez develops into something. I'm not sure about Valdespin, but uh, this team needs a ton of help. They need an entire bullpen from top to bottom. Maybe Parnell can be a seventh inning guy. They need everything, sir. I mean, they're, this team didn't, was not as good as they showed us at the beginning of the year. I don't know if they're, they're this bad, but there really is an overall lack of talent on this team. And that first half extravaganza really was blowing smoke up our tailpipes because here we are and they look awful. They haven't won at all in the month of August. At home, they they have a crazy home losing streak. I mean, they stink, sir. There's there's not much to watch about the Mets. The the season's pretty much over. You want to yep. talk about individual things. You want to talk about potentially Dickey winning a Cy Young. That's probably yeah, the only David, re- 35 homers or you know David Wright. You know, but the MVP talk gone. Um, yep. Mets going to the playoffs gone. All that stuff. So really, it's all about the individual performances right now. Right. So that's why it's August 8th, and we have the dog days of August. So we can only hope that the big story is that the Yankees, yes, with all those injuries, even the New York Yankees, that juggernaut, that team that was, I guess, quote-unquote, humming along, according to some WFAN hosts, was humming along, is not humming anymore. And, um, you know, it's it's time to panic, I think. I mean, your lead was 10.5, now it's down to 4.5. You lose tonight, and Baltimore wins tonight, it's 3.5, and, and I just think that it gets worse and worse. And we'll see if this team can actually handle the pressure um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I'm rooting against the Yankees, obviously, but, and it'd be a great story. Now, sir, um, speaking of panicking and under pressure, I'm under pressure. The, the, I'm under the gun. I'm going to oh, have God. to sign off here. Sir, you finish whatever you got to do. It was great chatting with you and John Yastrzemski, folks. Take care. Always keep it PG. Joe, take it away. We'll talk tomorrow, sir. Thanks, DG. Folks, that was DG on assignment, and, yes, he may not be. And we, out of your homes. Yeah. But I am doing the show tonight, and, uh, you know, DG, we wish you uh, best of luck in the zoo, and hopefully they don't realize that you are one of the animals that um, tried to escape last time and they capture you again because that would be a shame that, you know, me doing a show all by myself going forward would be a shame. So hopefully you get out of the zoo safe and sound and you don't get captured again like you did a couple years ago. But, folks, like I said, there's not much more that we can really get into 
um, by myself. I mean, like I said, we talked about the Football Hall of Fame. Let's take a quick break, I guess, and you know we'll wrap up the show. It's been a, a pretty much a pure gold extra show tonight, and we'll be right back again to wrap the show up. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights' Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. A reoccurring guest, nonetheless, on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place. Pure Gold Radio. And you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com. Thank you, Bright Lights. Hi, this is Brittany Bell, Miss Arizona USA 2010. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold each week to hear the best interviews and live talk radio. David and Joe are simply the best. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Welcome back, folks. It's Pure Gold here, JB taking you home, the final home stretch, 714-364-4721 if you want to get in. Again, we had today we had on the Fantasy Phenom Season 2 winner and current reigning champion, John Jastrzemski. DG's on assignment, and I'm just giving you a couple more takes on a couple things, and we'll wrap up. Our show resumes again. We'll have another show next Wednesday, 6 p.m. That's August 15th with me and DG breaking it down as we do. But, sir, sir, I was about to say sir, but I'm talking to myself here. Anyway, we're talking about, let's talk about football for a second. Basically, you know, we're full in to training camp, and the Jets and Giants couldn't be more Jekyll and Hyde from each other. And what I mean by this is the Jets are all about sensationalism, making headlines, being on ESPN. It's it's everything that I, I cannot believe that under this head coach, under this owner, has become a three-ring circus. I mean, the Jets were a three-ring circus for many, many years, and then they started winning, and now all of a sudden you bring in a Tim Tebow to light a fire under Mark Sanchez? I mean, Tim Tebow, I mean, we've talked about this at length, and now it's gotten so out of of whack that it seems like the Jets, you know, everyone says it, and all they really want to do is just sell tickets, and I cannot believe as a Jet fan that, Two years ago, even three years ago, we were that close to going to a Super Bowl and maybe even winning a Super Bowl. And now it seems like we've gone backwards. Rex Ryan will sell you a bill of goods and tell you he's got the best defense that he's had since he's been here. I think that's a load of crock. The, the best team was that first team that, that basically played the Indianapolis Colts, had a lead at halftime, and then just spit the bit. And then basically the year after that, Jets got back to the AFC Championship game, but their defense was never the same again. Their running game was never the same again. The Jets really have no identity, folks. I mean, are they they're not a, are they a ground-and-pound team? I don't think they're a ground-and-pound team. They're talking about how they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more this year. But who are they throwing to? Santonio Holmes has a broken rib. I mean, and, and Antonio Cromartie is saying he's the second-best receiver on the team. This team is not a t- – it's a dysfunctional team, if anything. It's all about me, 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 and I, it, it hurts me as a Jeff fan because you look over at the other team that plays in your same stadium, the team that trains in Albany, the two-time you know, Super Bowl champion within the last five years, the New York Giants, and, and all they do is they're professional. And, I, you know, I don't want to compare them to the New York Yankees, but they're a professional football team. They're, they're run perfectly from top to bottom, from the owner to the GM to the coach to the quarterback. And yes, 
all those people that do hate Mark Sanchez and say that he's not a good quarterback or cannot take him to the promised land, let's give Mark Sanchez one more year. Let's see what he could do this year. Because like I said many times before on Pure Gold, he is on a better pace and a better career right now than Eli Manning. Eli Manning in year four was ready to be traded, was about not even released. I, I guess traded is the word to say. He was about to be traded. He, nobody liked him. Everyone couldn't stand him. It took a, a, a quote-unquote miracle run in 07, and basically Eli Manning managed the team. The defense was phenomenal. He won an MVP, and he beat an undefeated team. Let's take, We cannot take that away from him. And ever since then, he's turned his career around. So for all the people that say that Mark Sanchez should go and, and for Tim Tebow to be our quarterback, I mean, what are you smoking? Tim Tebow is not a quarterback. He might be a winner, but he's not a winner as a quarterback. And you're going to argue with me, and you're going to say he had a great year last year, and he beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He made a few good throws. If you look at the stats that this guy had last year, he was not throwing for Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, even Drew Brees numbers. So let's all calm down a minute and, and give Sanchez one more chance. And I honestly, now that I'm looking at this offense, now that I'm looking at the receivers that he has, I, I really think that they've set him up for failure. I really do. I think that they either want to get rid of him, which is really sad because I think – He's got a lot of potential still. but uh, And, you know, there's a lot of Jeff fans that have jumped off the boat, but know this, folks, JB on Pure Gold tonight, August 8th, again, is still on the Mark Sanchez bandwagon because I, I, I think he still can – he still I mean, look at his games that he's had. He is one of the only quarterbacks, if not the only quarterback, to win four road playoff games. And, you know, people are going to say again, it's the defense that did it. It's the running game. But you know what? It's time to give Mark Sanchez some credit. He did, he did contribute to those wins, and I, I just think that, other than that, um, looking at the schedule, and you know, it's it's easy to look at the schedule and say that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win uh, before the season starts. But you know, the the Jets have a pretty tough schedule, and I, I don't know what this team is going to be. I mean, I, I think we'll be lucky, lucky folks, to look at a nine-seven record at this point. Um, injuries play a big part of it, obviously. But, um, you know, again, you look at the Giants, two Super Bowl championships in the last five years. If you're a Giant fan, you're living the good life right now. You're looking over at the Jets camp and, and just saying, what a circus. Although you are asking for some respect because you are the defending world champions, and let's face it, the Gi- Giants seem like they never get any respect these days. So, um, you know, that that's a good chip to have on your shoulder if you're the defending champions. That's a great motivational speech that Coughlin can have, uh, Eli Manning can have, Justin Tuck. They say, you know, they could go into the locker room and say, we just won a Super Bowl against the Patriots again, and still nobody gives us any credit. So they have motivation again. And you know what, folks? Looking at that defense, if they stay intact and with that offense that the Giants have, I don't see why they can't contend for another Super Bowl this year. Uh, DG might disagree with me, and, you know, I don't know why he would, to be honest with you, but the Giants are going to be a good team this year again. Their schedule is obviously the toughest schedule because you're the Super Bowl champions, but let's face it, with that team, they, they're the best. They're the defending champions. Until, like Rick Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So until somebody beats the Giants in the playoffs, my money's on the Giants, and I'm, I hate to say it that, but I'm trying to tell it like it is, folks. 
The Jets, I, I don't know if they'll ever win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Sounds like Joe Beningo talking, I know. And my name is JB, Joe B. So, you know, we, we might have the same brain or something because uh, I feel like the, the Jets, even the Mets to an extent, may never win another championship in my lifetime. So we'll see where that goes. We'll definitely be talking about that more next week. We'll take one more break. We'll talk about the Dark Knight Rises one more time and give you my take on it without being interrupted by Hans or by DG. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Folks, that was the incomparable, the iconic Lauren Lester. And let me tell you, I could play that bite once a week on this show and still get chills. That was a great sound bite, and I think DG would agree with me. But I digress. Last Friday, to end my week, my work week, uh, my wife and I, Andrea, decided that we wanted to watch The Dark Knight Rises. And let me preface this by saying I've seen it twice already. I saw it on the premiere night, and I saw it uh, a few weeks after in Wildwood with my brother-in-law. My wife had never seen it, so I said, why not? I'll, you know, bite the bullet. <laughs> yeah, right. I loved it. Um, just the fact that this is the last movie of the, you know, of the series. Yes, we've picked apart. We've picked it apart for many times. A lot last week. We've talked about five things we want to do better. Here's my final take on it. It was still a good movie. Some plot holes. Yes, the eight-year gap. Having J- John Blake, this unknown cop, somehow figure out that Bruce Wayne is is Batman. Uh, to me, that. That stuff was was blah, and you know you could you could have done a better job. So my final fix on this, DG again might disagree, you might disagree. If you want to call in again, seven one four three six four four seven two one. But I really think that they should have made a movie in between the two Dark Knights. You could have called it either Nightfall, like DG had said to me in a production meeting today. You could even call it the Cape Crusader. But my theory, my my fancy booking, if you will is that there would be a movie, like I said, between the two movies, and you call either, again, The Cape Crusader or Nightfall, and basically you would have the Riddler in it, and you would introduce characters like Selina Kyle, like John Blake, and even Bane at the end of the movie. So I would have Riddler basically have all the prisoners at Arkham Asylum escape, and basically the whole movie is about Batman trying to figure out who the Riddler is and who the mastermind behind letting all the prisoners out and why. Sorry. So then I would have Batman try to recapture all these prisoners throughout this third movie and really run ragged, as DG would tell me, and run like both mentally and physically tired because, you know, all these prisoners are now out in Arkham Asylum and Batman needs to recapture them. Then, and only then, folks, do you ha- introduce Bane potentially because he, you know, there's some storylines between Bane and Bruce Wayne knowing who Batman is. So, yeah, you have Bane waiting in a sewer like he did in this, this third movie, or potentially even waiting in the Batcave for Batman to come back. And at the end of the movie, what you really do is to make it really, really great, according to me, is have them fight, have this epic 10-minute battle where it goes back and forth, back and forth, and eventually... Bane gets the the upper hand because Batman is worn out physically and mentally, and you have Bane break Batman's back. And from there, you can even have Bane take a piece of that cowl 
and just, you know, rip it off and then just walk away. You fade to black. That is your third movie. You come back. You call the the fourth movie. Again, you call it Nightfall because Nightfall is, is technically according to the comic books where Bane does break Batman's back. You come back. You have a fourth movie. You call it The Dark Knight Rises. You have it a fade in, and you have Bruce Wayne. All of a sudden, he's in the prison cell. He's got a... He's got a vertebrae that needs to be put back in. And then you could proceed with the storyline, and you can actually progress and see where he's got a relationship now with John Blake from the third movie, and he's starting to build a relationship. Selena Kyle now is starting to become a tweener where she was once bad, and now she's you know, seeing if she wants to join Batman because Bane is this, this villain that the, you know, even the villains uh, fear. So you have all that. You wrap it up. You don't have the eight-year gap. Maybe you have like a two-year gap where where Bruce is inside this prison, and you know, again, you could have that that story that you have for The Dark Knight Rises just play out. Bane is uh, wants to destroy Gotham on his own. He's got a nuclear bomb, and you could have it all play out that way. You could have the exact plot line like that. You could have John Blake then take over as as Batman or Nightwing, whatever you want to call it after Bruce Wayne at the end of the fourth movie, after he beats Bane, puts him back, uh, either uh, doesn't really kill him because, as you can see, that Catwoman shoots him with a, uh, a gun right into the face, so we don't know where that leads. But um, it, it could have been done that much better. And if you had four movies, it would have made more mov- more money, obviously. But I, I don't know if, if Nolan was motivated to do four movies from the get-go. Who really knows when he wants to do, you know, if he wants to do three movies from the get-go or if he starts progressing and said, you know, I'm going to make one more and that's it. But Nolan did get lazy. He did get sloppy on the third movie. Some big plot lines. And I think the, the, my fix is probably the best one because I thought of it. I mean, make that third movie in between the two Dark Knights, have the fourth movie, have it end where you think that Bruce Wayne, Batman, has died. And from there... You know, you you just you you continue or you leave it open ended at the very end. It's great to see Alfred in Florence, Italy, looking across, seeing Bat, uh, Bruce Wayne and, and Selena, and then you have you know somebody that between the third and fourth movie, you have somebody that's getting trained by Bruce Wayne to become the next Batman, or the next Nightwing, or potentially Robin. So that that's my take on the Dark Knight Rises. I will tell you this, folks, I probably am going to go watch it one more time, but this time in IMAX. I hear the Garden State Mall has an IMAX theater, so we'll see where that goes. We'll take one more break. We'll wrap it up. We're at 6.54. This is Pure Gold, JB breaking it down. We'll be right back. You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno, and they are David and Joe, and they are bringing you all the upcoming inside exclusive information on everything sports and entertainment ever. Ever. Wow, that, that's a great compliment. Thank you so much for that compliment. And, folks, we are wrapping up today tonight's show. Just want to mention that next week, August 15th, we'll be on the air at 6 p.m. once again. If you want to call in, it's 714-364-4721. We will have the incomparable Morgan Woolard back on the show, Miss Oklahoma, USA 2010. It's been a while since we've been, since we haven't, you know, since we've talked to Morgan, so it would be great to have her on the show. And I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of different other things, as we always do. 
between the Mets, the Yankees, the Giants, the Jets. We might talk about the Dark Knight Rises again. You never know. So, folks, again, this has been a, priv- a privilege and an honor. This is JB of Pure Gold. DG's on assignment. We want to thank, once again, Mr. John Jastrzemski, fantasy phenom from WFAN, joining us today on the program. And as always, folks, try to keep it pure gold, but before you do, make sure you go onto our website or go onto Dave's Twitter. Answer the poll question of the day. Will the Mets finish above 500 in 2012? The options are basically they're done, so I couldn't care less. Mets, question mark, football season's here. Yes, you got to believe. Yes, but barely over 500 or no way. So far, we have about 22 votes, so it'll be interesting to get your take on it. We always welcome your calls. We welcome everything and anything, and we we truly do tell it like it is. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait, first of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me stop. Wait a second. All right, DJ. I mean, you, you, I mean, I guess Francesca ripped you to end the show. That's that's a shame. So, folks, as always, this is JB signing off with DG on assignment, reminding to reminding you always to keep it pure gold. Have a good night, everyone. I got two words for you: pure <laughs> gold. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.